This is the prophetic angle, and this is Pastor Rick Bowen. We're going to get right into this today. We're going to talk about something that is going on, and I'm going to call it millstone fate. Millstone fate. Okay, maybe I should call it something else. Yes, they're uh, in the process of hearing the nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson, the first uh, black woman to ever be, uh, I suppose, even nominated for the Supreme Court. But if she is confirmed, she would definitely be the first black woman to be on the Supreme Court. Now, we already know that there have been uh, at least two, off the top of my head, black men on the Supreme Court. One currently is one of my heroes and probably, in my opinion, the most conservative um, justice on the SCOTUS right now. And uh, so he has recently been in the hospital, and uh, we want to continue to uh, hold him up in our prayers. And uh, just, you know, Justice Thomas, Clarence, we want to be sure and uh, pray for him. He is apparently doing okay, but nevertheless, we never want to... take these things for granted. I believe the other one was Thurgood Marshall, and I don't know too much about him. He was probably uh, a long time ago, he was on the Supreme Court. But uh, recently, there's been quite a few women. There's been Hispanic women, um, Sonia Sotomayor. Of course, she's a liberal. And then there's, uh, not Hispanic, but Elena Kagan, And then, of course, there's Amy Coney Barrett. And then everybody knows about Justice uh, Ginsburg Ginsburg, that recently died. And let's see, has has there been a... Oh, yes, uh, I can picture her, but I can't think of her name right off the top of my head. But anyway, so there's been quite a few women on the Supreme Court, but never a black woman. So this has been a crusade for resident Joe Biden and seems to be his primary criteria is not to find the best justice, but to find a black woman who is, in his view, qualified to get on the Supreme Court. Now, let me just say this right away. I don't care. I mean, that would be fine with me. Uh, That does not matter to me whether it's a woman or whether it's a black woman. I don't think that should be the criteria. I don't think it should be, let's find another white man, let's find an Indian man. I mean, you could go to many ethnicities, you could go to many uh, different sorts of people. Um, Of course, I only believe there's two genders, which some on the Supreme Court apparently believe there's more than two. So whether it's a male or female, black or white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, doesn't matter. I think the most qualified person should be on that court. So that's that's me. And I believe you probably agree with me. And so if this lady, Katanji Brown Jackson, were that person, then that would be fine. But let's just look at what's going on right now. First of all, we've got an illegitimate president. He was not elected. 
he was selected and he was placed by some people call it the cabal, but he was placed by nefarious people into his position. Okay, that's plain as day, even though some people live in denial, and it will come out uh, eventually in, in a more resounding and tumultuous way than it already has. But So right away, it doesn't matter who Joe Biden appoints, they're not qualified uh, simply because he appointed them. Because if he's illegitimate, then everything he does then becomes illegitimate. It's not, it's not, it's not legal. Okay, so there's that. But now let's, let's cross that bridge and go to another piece of territory that I'm sure you probably will agree with me on. Do you know one of the biggest accusations today by the so-called conspiracy theorists is that one of the primary motivations and fundamental behaviors of the elite or the nefarious, the Luciferians, those that are trying to create a global nation, a one world, new world order, is child trafficking, pedophilia. Now, I could stop and talk about the progression of immorality from no-fault divorce, um, fornication, um, promiscuity, pornography, uh, all the different aberrations when it comes to God's ordained relationship of marriage, um, adultery, um, the homosexual uh, crusade, then the transgender crusade, these various agendas that have further completely uh, perverted and smeared and marred God's intention, I could do that. But did you know that there are already those that are promoting pedophilia, or at least let's just say saying it's not as serious as some once thought it was. So whether or not there is this huge worldwide child trafficking ring or not, I haven't uh, been in the uh, research arena long enough to be dogmatic about that, but I definitely believe there is that kind of sinful uh, activity that's going on, criminal activity that's going on. And, I, and I'm starting to believe that it is far more pervasive than I ever dreamed and perhaps worldwide and maybe of the magnitude that some of the so-called conspiracy theorists describe. Okay? And yet I'm seeing more and more evidence of people being arrested in different states, rings, smaller rings, that have this sort of criminal activity going on. They're, they're being arrested quite frequently. Okay, so that's the context, the worldwide context that we're talking about now when we're talking about appointing a new justice to the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter that she's a woman. It doesn't matter that she's black. It wouldn't matter if it was a white man. It doesn't matter 
who this appointee is. What matters is what is their view of the Constitution, how do they make their judgments, and what is their record? Uh, Are they qualified in integrity? Are they qualified in their view of the Constitution? Do they believe the Constitution changes with time? Some people believe the Bible changes with time. Do they believe the Constitution changes with time? Um, Are they uh, originalists? Are they conservatives when it looks, they look at the Constitution and they determine what it says and also based on what the writers meant for it to be and what it was to apply to? And then they make their decisions based on that. Or do they say, well, things have changed and so this context has changed therefore this can't mean what it meant then because such and such didn't exist then well we could go on and on and on and i'm not really getting to my point so let me get to the point judge katanji brown jackson apparently has a long record of being lenient on child pornographers people that have been indulgent in this perversion and whether or not you want to argue that these are pedophiles or not even if they never touched a child you have to believe that they have pedophilia tendencies which is what i've been talking about child trafficking now the bible says let me read you something from the bible and i realized that that jesus was trying to make a point here And there's several points he's making, actually, in his primary point. When he says in chapter 18 of the book of Matthew, verse 5, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Now, I've scanned about seven commentaries uh, before I came onto this podcast just to see what the commentary writers would write. And, you know, there's a, a number of good points here, and I don't want to completely uh, minimize or eliminate those points. That's, so if I don't cover the point that you're familiar with pertaining to this verse, I want you to understand my point for this episode from this verse. Whatever Jesus is saying here, and I believe he's actually saying several things, and he's primarily talking about faith in him and and the way one would govern themselves if they were a believer in Christ um, toward him and toward others. But he's using children, a child, as an example. A child. And children can believe in Jesus. And he's saying that if a person does an injustice, and I, and I won't try to parse what that would be, but let's just say that if you harm a child, you harm a child physically, spiritually, mentally, um, socially, if you set out to harm a child, you are doing a huge injustice. And he said, and you can call it a hyperbole if you want, it'd be better for a millstone to be fastened around your neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Then what? Well, in that particular uh, scripture, it doesn't say then what. But 
There are other places in the uh, Gospels. I think here's one in Luke 17.2. Let's go to it. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Um, and I also think there's one that refers to... Um, See, here's Mark 9, 42. Whosoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And uh, then he goes on and gives some other, yes, hyperboles. And he concludes it, it then to be thrown into hell. In other words, to go into the fire that is not quenched, where the worm does not die. It would be better than a millstone were tied around your neck. Now, there's so much discussion there, we could never get back to my point. My point is, don't offend a child. Don't offend a child. Children are precious. And, of course, young believers are precious. But here we're talking about child offenders, uh, offenders of children, child pedophilia, uh, child trafficking, sex trafficking. And apparently it's a huge trade. Um, in fact, let me read you one more passage in uh, the book of Joel. The book of Joel, because I'm getting ready to teach this on Wednesday night. And I, I find this resonates in context with what I'm saying, and somebody said, well, you haven't really said it yet. Well, I'm about to. I'm talking about this justice having a record of being lenient. And I'm not saying she doesn't punish them. She doesn't give them a sentence. I'm just saying she has a record of being more lenient than the recommended sentence. And uh, I'm going to let you hear her justify it here in just a moment. But notice what it says in Joel chapter 3, verse... Three, where it's talking about God judging the nations that have offended Judah and have cast lots for my people, he says, verse 3, have traded a boy for a prostitute and have sold a girl for wine and have drunk it. So using children to barter for sexual favors and for drugs and uh, alcohol. I don't know how you can get much more evil than that sort of thing. And yet, it would be one thing if the case were unique and a judge decided based on the case, the criteria, the Constitution, that a different sentence compared to a different case with a different set of criteria, or in other words, a uh, different set of factors that figured into it, if one was judged a little more harsh than the other. But apparently she has a record, I won't say in every case, but many cases of judging the offender more lightly than it's recommended by the law or by the Constitution. Okay, so you've heard me say that, so let's, let's hear what she says about it. As you said, the guideline was based originally on uh, a statutory scheme and on directives, specific directives by Congress at a time in which 
more serious child pornography offenders were identified based on the volume, based on the number of photographs that they received in the mail. And that made totally total sense before when we didn't have the internet, when we didn't have distribution. But the way that the guideline is now structured based on that set of circumstances is leading to extreme disparities in the system because it's so easy for people to get volumes of this kind of material now by computers. So it's not doing the work of differentiating who is a more serious offender in the way that it used to. So the commission has taken that into account and, and perhaps even more importantly, courts are adjusting their sentences in order to account for the changed circumstances. But it says nothing about the court's view of the seriousness of this offense. As you said... Okay, so... You heard her rationale, I won't repeat it, but apparently because the computers, the internet, makes it easier to get child pornography, then you shouldn't judge it as harshly, um, is basically what it says in a nutshell. And, you know, I admire her ability to uh, articulate and to deliberate and even pontificate (laughs) on... On a matter, I mean, you can tell she's got a legal uh, exposure and perhaps a uh, some a, a legal mind when it comes to the jargon and the ability to parse the nuances of law and those sorts of things. But I think what what the bottom line is to the layperson, including you and me, is this is just mental gymnastics. This is human rationale gone to seed. And basically, you're looking at the perpetrator and not the victim. And I, I don't see how you can rationalize because the computer makes it easier for you to get pornography. And it does. We know that's the truth. Okay, so we know that that's the case, but why should that lessen the severity of the crime. And so let's just say it did in one instance. Why would that be a pattern where you took it upon yourself to become the arbiter of right and wrong as relates to punitive measures instead of taking the Congress that has made the law and just judging it by the law. And then she turned right around and said she doesn't speak to policy. Well, that's what she just did. So listen to that. I am particularly mindful of, of not speaking to policy issues because I am so committed to staying in my lane of oh, really? the system. Because I, I, I'm just not willing to speak to issues that are properly in the province of this body. Well, you did. I'm particularly mindful of... Okay, so she just got through speaking to that. She just got through defending why she did that, even though she hasn't been given the delegated authority to do that by the Congress and according to the Constitution. She just did it, and yet she says she doesn't do it. She wants to stay in her lane, but yet she'll get out of her lane when she wants to pass somebody up. That's my 
analogy. Okay, so that's Judge Kentanji Brown Jackson. Okay, that's probably not the only thing because that's just um, the thing that's most prominent here. Now, let me tell you why it's most prominent. Okay, I read you the scripture. I talked to you about what's going on in the world, even though I didn't give you a lot of statistics, but you've heard about it yourself. But then what about this? Did you hear Joe Biden the other day? Oh, I, I, I would like to go back and, and pick that up if I could find it, but I don't know how far back up I would have to scroll to get it, where he talked about how everybody knew somebody that had taken advantage of somebody in an indiscreet moment with a, with a camera and then attempted to blackmail them. Are they trying to get out ahead of something? And then the New York Times comes out and says, yes, the Hunter Biden laptop from hell was real. It wasn't Russian disinformation when they formally said it was. Okay, so all these things are converging at the same time. And of course, those of you that's paid close attention know that Joe Biden himself has been accused of some things. And if nothing else, his weird behavior of sniffing a child's neck or hair and touching them, um, you know, is something that, with the context of this, just colors and taints it even the more, okay? So we're not drilling down and zeroing in on any of these things, maybe sufficiently in this short broadcast, but just putting context in place here so that you can understand that it seems very strange to me that of all the people that Joe Biden could nominate to the Supreme Court, he picks this woman, and we're not, we're already telling you that it doesn't matter to me what race she is or that it's a he or a she. Doesn't matter. What really matters is whether the person is qualified. And if a person is, in this case, has a a record of being lenient on child pornographers, is that a coincidence that Hunter Biden's situation may be about to blow wide open with this laptop from hell that's supposed to have this very perverted pornography on it, not to mention the uh, compromising relationships and transactions between international uh, entities and he and or Joe Biden, his father, not to mention the accusations against uh, Joe Biden. And, and I'm not judge, jury, and executioner here. I'm just asking you the question, why are all these things happening at the same time? Now, let's just, I'm, I know it's a stretch, but let's just say she gets confirmed, Judge Jackson, with this record. And I know she's only one justice. I get that too. Of course, we already have compromised justices on the Supreme Court, and then not all of them have been very consistent. Clarence Thomas has, thank God. And Samuel Alito, pretty good. Yeah. I'm, it's still too early to tell about Gorsuch, uh, Kavanaugh, and Barrett, in my opinion. Uh, Antonin Scalia was uh, great. I do believe he was assassinated. Um, 
the liberal justices are true to form for the most part. And then John Roberts, the chief justice, although he was appointed by uh, a Bush, um, he hasn't been very, uh, I haven't been very pleased with him. Um, so the Supreme Court already is kind of wishy-washy in a way, uh, in my opinion, as a general view. Um, this woman would be taking the place of Justice Breyer, who was a liberal. So from that standpoint, it would be liberal for a liberal. But I, I'm just pointing out the context of someone who apparently has been lenient on child pornographers in context with the accusations against Joe Biden, with the uh, wondering out loud about why he hand, touches children the way he does and sniffs their hair and their neck. Uh, you could say, well, that's just no grandpa acting silly. But a lot of people attribute it to um, any, anything from weird to, to evil. So I'll leave that to you. But then the son, Hunter, and his laptop, which the revelation of it, Tony Bobolinsky tried to bring a lot of it out uh, before the election, but then he kind of disappeared. So I guess he, he will reemerge. Look for Tony Bobolinsky to reemerge in some way. Uh, probably before too very long. But could it be, because see, if Hunter is indicted, charged, arraigned, and uh, criminalized, that will lead back to his father, who is the resident right now. Okay, so if you get a Supreme Court justice on the Supreme Court that's soft on this sort of thing, maybe it would cushion, put a buffer there, where they could continue to maintain the trajectory of their agenda. Now, I know I have jumped to conclusions, but I'm just saying it's very coincidental to me that all these things are happening at the same time. And my final opinion is she's not qualified because of her record, because of her stance to the Constitution, and simply because... She's been appointed by an illegitimate appointer. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's go back as we close. I tried to make this short, but I couldn't make it too short. Let's go back as I close to what Jesus said. It'd be better that a millstone were hung around his neck and thrown into the sea than to offend one of these little ones. The children have been so abused today with, and I could name all the things that's gone on during COVID. Now they're wanting to inject them with this vaccine that is, is more than likely not, uh, not only not good for them, but harmful. Um, they have been so abused, children in general. And God's, going to hold people accountable. So let's let's have a let's have the right view of children and let's defend the children. In fact, I was going to call this the beast and the children. Bless the beast and the children. I went and looked up the song earlier by by Karen Carpenter. And of course, I loved Karen Carpenter. 
Um, wonderful singer, and uh, apparently she died as an anorexic uh, person, had a problem with her perception of herself. Um, but I want to, uh, the beast and the children, I want to share this with you as we get ready to close. The lyrics of Bless the Beast and the Children. See here. Where's the lyrics? Here they are. And it goes like this. Bless the beast and the children, for in this world they have no voice. Now here it's talking about animals like puppy dogs and so forth. For in this world they have no voice, they have no choice. Bless the beasts and the children, for the world can never be the world they see. Light their way when the darkness surrounds them, give them love, let it shine all around them. Bless the beasts and the children, give them shelter from the storm, keep them safe, keep them warm. Light their way when the darkness surrounds them, give them love and let it shine all around them. Bless the beasts and the children, give them shelter from the storm, keep them safe, keep them warm. So, yeah, here, technically, uh, Karen is singing about innocent children and innocent animals that need to be protected and looked upon as those that need to be protected. And she has a point about the children. Now, I'm going to do a little play on word, words on the beasts. When I talk about the beast and the children, I'm talking about the people that act like beasts toward children. And those beasts should not be blessed. And I think I can leave it right there based on the Scripture. So, Father, we pray for children today, and we pray that you'll have your way in the Supreme Court and in this hearing. The truth will come out, and righteousness will be done. And we know there is a Supreme Judge above the SCOTUS, and I just pray this supreme judge will turn the hearts of the king in his hand and that he would somehow rectify this situation, bring deliverance to our country, bring revival to our nation, let our families be sanctified. I pray in Jesus' name that we would look out for the children. And not only the little children chronologically, but the children spiritually. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Come back again soon.